Hello and welcome. God bless you. Delighted to be with you. Hi, thank you for joining us today. We're starting a brand new series here at the Crossing Church following up Easter. It's called Foundations. And man, God was incredible for Easter. We had the best Easter we have ever had. Almost 30,000 people viewing online. 150 I hear people you giving cheering. their life to Christ. I hear Christ. you cheering in your Praise homes. Praise God. The Lord is so, so good. So as we start today, we want to laugh a little bit. We've been shut in for a long time. It's Things getting have been a little very serious. Yeah, it's getting a little dreary. It's getting a little difficult. And so we want to laugh a little bit. We found our favorite memes, and uh, we want to go through a couple of those with you. And we hope that it cheers you up, that it gives you a little joy today as we go through them. <laughs> Incredible. If you have a pet, <laughs> our pet is now staring at us because we're home all the or time. Or if you don't have a dog, maybe your kids are looking at you like That's this. That's right. This one is fantastic. It's just the opposite, isn't it? Things are, are just exactly opposite. We want to stay home and chill, and now we want to get out and do things this one is <laughs> this one is really funny. Um, I, I think there are actual memes that are that are that are playing and being recorded. I I, I love that, especially the toilet seat. That's great. Oh yeah. And of course, the lethargy that comes with all of this is is, is silly, right? Oh, remember the day oh. we could choose any brand. <laughs> Wow. Doesn't it feel like an alternate reality that we're functioning in yes, right now? Just so sort of much. like we're... We love, <laughs> this is our favorite. We love this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confident there's going to be a baby boom in January and February. <laughs> That's exactly right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. The Lord is on his throne. He is faithful. He is good. He is just. He is with us. So let's go to him and let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are in the middle of all of this. We thank you, God, this too will pass. We thank you for authority and peace and grace and wisdom. And we thank you for a firm foundation that is in Jesus, who is the Christ and all of God's people said, mm, amen, amen and amen, amen and amen and amen. So as we start the series called Foundations, we just simply want to build our life on Jesus who is the rock upon which we stand. And today in our culture, there's not a lot that we can be sure of or certain in. So many things have changed, but we want to find and build on Jesus today as we begin. Well, I'm not sure what it was like for you growing up, but I did grow up attending church and I actually loved going to church. I loved the big giant, it was a cathedral type building. Beautiful. I loved the smell. It was an older building. I loved the smell. I loved the stained glass. I had so much peace when I was there. And so... As I got older, I was in the youth choir and the youth bell choir, and I was very affectionate about God. Like, I believed God was real, but it wasn't until I went away to college, because you see, my parents did a really great job of setting boundaries for my brother and I growing up, but then when I went away to college, I didn't have anyone to set the boundaries for me, and I didn't do a good job of setting boundaries for myself at all. I think college so, is a little rocky for, uh, yeah, for a lot of people. Well, we all have to figure ourselves out, right? So I started making a lot of bad decisions, and at the same time, though, I was experiencing some pretty incredible success with some pageants and modeling, and so I had this life that looked pretty great 
on the outside, but I seem to have this emptiness and this void on the inside that nothing could fill. The bad things didn't fill it and the good things didn't fill it. And it wasn't until my senior year in college that I went to an event on campus where I got to hear a friend of mine speak. And he talked about Matthew 7, 13 and 14 that says, enter then through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to eternal life and few find it. And so it was that night as he began to describe what it meant to live on the wide road. Oh, my heart was just broken because I was so affectionate about God but I had never really surrendered my life to him. So on February 11th of 1992 is when I really gave my whole life to Jesus and immediately had a life change. I went home and and told my boyfriend, I can't live with you anymore. Yeah, of course, those all work out. They're since fourth grade, right? Um, which is fun. We went to the same schools growing up, all the way grade school, junior high, high school. I married an older man, five days. <laughs> That's five right. days older. That's right. <laughs> we graduated together. Played a, I played a little football in high school and then went on to play in college. And I had one of those athletes' testimonies where um, my life was turned upside down. Things well, just didn't... Your whole identity... Was his whole identity was football, uh, and so I was injured and I and I lost everything was shaken. I lost my identity, and I ended up crying out to God one night when I was a junior in college at the University of Missouri. And when I did, I had a Damascus Road experience. This is the Apostle Paul in the Book of Acts um, kind of reference that I'm giving you. And I had I couldn't have had more of a dramatic experience with God. I could see him, feel him. I could, I experienced light that I had never seen before. I, I heard his voice speaking. I, I, it's strange to say it, but it was like thunder. And I trusted Christ as Savior. And the same thing happened to me. The next morning I woke up, I had a live-in girlfriend. Um, and um, I said to her that next morning, I said, I received Christ as Savior. No one preached. Right. There was no teaching. There was no pastor. There, there was, but, because but, when you were 11... The next, his next door neighbor right. sent him to um, the youth camp. Falls Creek Church Camp. That's right. It was a Baptist church camp, and I read the salvation. I salvation. went down. The altar call came, and I went down. If, you, if you've never heard that before, there's a call for salvation, and you walk down to the front, and, and I did that. And I remember the prayer that I prayed. So 11 years later, when I was 22, I read the prayer that I prayed when I was 11, almost like a scrolling screen in my bedroom. So it's a really dramatic experience. I asked my girlfriend to move out the next day, and, mm-hmm. and there was plenty of drama that went with all of that. Our point is this, is that religion is one thing. I spoke about that last week when we talked about Easter. Religion and religiosity or being a part of something is different than relationship with Jesus. When you know that you know that you know. And right now, there's not a lot that we're sure about. There's not a lot that we're certain about. There's a lot of things up in the air, so we want to build on Christ today, who is the rock of our foundation. We want to build our faith in a person who is Jesus, and when that happens, there's a crazy thing that takes place. Your lifestyle (laughs) dramatically changes from that moment on. Yeah, the way you make decisions The way you feel, the way you think, the way you act begins to change because you have the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. So the third person of the Trinity comes to live inside of you. And when he does, everything changes. Now I'm not trying to be good. I have the Lord inside of me. 
And now I start to function from the inside out instead of outside in, which is, which is religion. And so Hebrews speaks about um, faith as our foundation. And we want to bring that to you today. Just in, he, in Hebrews chapter 11, if you have your Bible with you, 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Sure of what is hoped for. Sure of what is hoped for and certain of what we don't see. So again, there's not a lot of surety. There's not a lot of assurance. There's not a lot of certainty today. But today, as we bring you this message, we want you to anchor your foundation in the person of Jesus. So the scripture in Hebrews 6, 18 and 19 says this. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, that is an ironclad truth, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. And we pray today that your encouragement would come from the fact that Jesus is your hope. He's your buoyancy. He's the thing that, he is the thing that gives you grace in the middle of your confusion, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And that's what the scripture says next. It says that we have this hope, yes. who is Jesus, as an anchor for our, our soul. soul. That's the mind. And, well, I don't know about you, but so many, there's so many tricks that are being played on the mind right now. Right. There's a lot of mind games going on. And the will and the emotions. And emotions mm-hmm. can get tough. There's, right. So there's the complication now of marital things. Right. <laughs> and there's family things. And there's home things. And, and there's school. Doing school at home. Yeah, there, there's so many things that just... And the uncertainty of the fact that the world has changed. Right. And we don't know when is it going to change back. What's it going to look like? Are we going to get back to normal? Will this affect our family? There's so, so, but Jesus, right is the anchor for our soul. He's the hope inside of all of this. And then it finishes like this. It enters this hope. This is a person, Jesus. He enters the sanctuary behind the curtain. He's, the, the book of Hebrews says that he's better than angels, that he's better than priests, that he's, better, he's a better word that has ever been preached, and he is Christ our Savior. He goes into the holy place where no one else can go. Your mom can't go there. Your dad can't go there. The government can't go there. Your resources can't go there. No institution. The only hope we have that goes all the way into our soul, right, is the word of God. That's Jesus, who is our living hope. And what it means when it says behind the curtain, in the Old Testament, there was the tabernacle, and then later there was the temple, and it was set up in a manner that there was a room called the Holy of Holies, and only the high priest could enter. And when he did, once a year, he got to enter on behalf of all of the people. They had to tie a rope around his ankle with bells, because if there was any sin in his life, he would literally enter the Holy Holies into the presence of God and die in his presence. The bells would stop jingling and they'd have to pull they'd have to pull him out with the rope so when jesus died on the cross it says that the veil in the temple was torn from the top down representing our ability to access the lord straight in there's no curtain there's no high priest there's nothing in the way we have absolute access to the lord so the summary of that is just that no religious institutional system can keep you from Jesus. Right. We go right, we go, because of the work of Christ on the cross, we go directly to the Father. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus became our high priest and he sacrificed for us the final sacrifice. So the religious system, if you will, gets pushed to the side and now you and me, 
we have access to the Lord. Yes, thank God. We, we have thank access to him and we go right in. Mm-hmm. And so, so the, the word in the New Testament, and this is a little bit of a strange word, it's called pistis, mm-hmm. P-I-S-T-I-S. And that is the predominant word for faith when we're talking about the New Testament. Uh, it's a word that uh, is Pauline. The Apostle Paul uses it all the time. And so I want to give you a little illustration of this because we want you to be sure of your hope. We want to be absolutely sure. Um, and, and so a man goes to the top of a building. It's a 10-story building. He's got a crowd around him. And he sets up a high wire. What, what did a you, tight rope. A tight rope. A tight rope okay. between two buildings. And he says to the people, do you believe that I could walk across the tight rope? They say, yes. He walks across. He goes over and he comes back. He asks them again. This time he takes a wheelbarrow and he says, do you believe that I could walk across the tight rope? Now with the wheelbarrow. They say, we believe. He walks over, he comes back. The third time, he says to them, do you believe? And he adds a monkey this time. He puts the monkey in the wheelbarrow. wheelbarrow. And we know how, you know, that's a lot of activity in that wheelbarrow. Pretty wiggly. He says, do you believe that I could cross the high wire? They say, we believe. He goes over, he comes back. And so they're cheering and and they're clapping. And he said, yeah, you you have believed. And then he says this to them. Now, are you certain that you've believed? Are you sure that you have believed? They say, yes, we are. And then he says to the man in the front, okay, sir, if you are sure, yes, I am sure. Would you now come and get in the wheelbarrow with me? And now we will cross the high wire together. And the point is, is that We can say, yes, there's religion. Or yes, God is real. But at some point I say, I am getting in to Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm getting into Christ Jesus and now I'm risking everything. Mm -hmm. I risk my relationship, my thoughts, my inner life, uh, uh, the religious system that I know. And I'm getting into Jesus. And when I get into Jesus, he's the one that carries me over. Therefore, he's my hope. Right. Christ is um, like the access code in our car when we drive up to a gated community. And faith is our forward movement towards God in Christ Jesus. It's very specific. It, it doesn't just mean in something, some nebulous thing or some system that I act in. It means in Christ Jesus as Lord. And so when I drive up to a gated community, we used to live in a gated community. We had, a, we had the activation system in the, the car. The sensor on the back window. I want you to think about faith like this. You have to continue to move forward for the sensor in your car to activate the sensor that moves the arm. So, mm-hmm. so think about it like this. We're in Christ. And we end up at the entrance to the community. God has access for us, but all we see is a blocked road. Right. And so we're saying to ourselves, what, what, is, what is the code? Have you ever been stuck in a community, in a <laughs> gated community? How do I get in? Do I need to wait for somebody to come punch in the access? Yeah, am I supposed to call somebody? What do I do? And the answer to what do I do is move forward towards God. That's what faith is. You move forward in his word. We move forward in faith. And as we move forward in faith, that is the trigger in Jesus that God recognizes in his sacrifice. And that which used to be blocked now is open and we have access to everything in the kingdom of God. Everything of grace and everything of power and everything of wisdom comes to us because of our forward movement in Jesus. We want you to be sure today. 
So faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And John 5, 13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And that word know is what represents certain, so that you may be certain you have eternal life. And it made us think about the difference between flying on an airplane with an actual purchased ticket or a standby ticket. And um, it brought to mind years ago when we were still in seminary, Greg was going to be ordained and we wanted his ordination ceremony to be at the church where we were called in a full-time ministry. So we had to fly from Texas, from seminary, to the Hollywood, Florida, Fort Lauderdale area. And we budget was very tight back then. Squeaky, and so there was a late a friend of ours who worked for one of the airlines and she said she could get us standby tickets. And it was the two of us and Tori was little. I think she was maybe one and a half or something like that. So we were going to get to fly standby. But our friend forgot to tell us that when you're flying standby from an employee ticket, you yeah, have dress to code. dress professionally. And I always dress warm for planes because I freeze while Greg's always hot So and we're going to Florida. So he was wearing cargo shorts and a shirt. So we, we, you know, we get there. We've checked our baggage. We go up to the gate. This is all before September 11th, by the way. So I feel like you need to have that explanation because those of you that are younger that have ever flown in your lifetime, every flight is overbooked. And back before September 11th, it wasn't like that at all. I could fly from Oklahoma City to New York City and there'd be like 12 people on the whole plane. Like it was crazy. You could stretch out, you could lay down. Yeah, so different. And it's kind of like that now. So we get to the gate, (laughs) we get to the gate and we go to check in and the, the woman says, sir, you can't get on the plane like that. We're like, excuse me? And she was like, well, this is a, you know, an employee standby ticket. You have to dress professionally. And we're like, but all, all of our, our suitcases are already like going under the plane. What are we going to do? And people are boarding the plane. Like they're already getting on the plane. So we, he starts <laughs> scanning the line of people. I'm looking for people in the line that are my size. Like who has a suitcase? Who has a suitcase? Who has clothes? So he literally starts asking every single person. I'm holding Tori. Let's look really pitiful. Do you happen to have any clothes in your suitcase that I could wear? Literally the very last guy in line had nothing but a backpack. And in his backpack was a pair of jeans jeans and a button-up shirt and Greg put those clothes on top of his clothes and we just got on the plane barely 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 in the, the nick of time and so the idea here is that you would be certain and if you have a standby ticket you're never certain and uh, I don't know if you've ever been stuck in an airport in an airport but you you have a ticket and you're thinking I may get on the plane or I may not get on the plane. I'm kind of last in line. I might, get, I might get bumped here. And it could be for anything, even a dress code, something as simple as a dress code. And so uh, you could be sitting at home and you could have a kind of relationship with Jesus, but in the middle of all of this, you're not exactly sure. You're not exactly certain. And you're not exactly certain. And so it's like that waiting period in the airport now the counterindication of that or the different um, understanding or thought of that is that you have a confirmed paid for ticket, right? It's different. Yes. And in that scenario, when you're waiting, you can go to Starbucks, you can, you can take a nap, check your online, whatever <laughs> you can. Yeah. You can sleep. You can, because you know that your ticket has been confirmed and it is already paid for. You have a secure place. And that's what we want to give you today is sure of what is hoped for. That's Jesus. That's Christ. Jesus paid for that ticket with and his life. 
that you would be certain of what is unseen. The exchange in the spirit that God gives you when you trust Christ as Savior and, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is downloaded into your being. You don't see that transfer, but today we believe that you could be sure that Jesus gave you the offer and that you could be certain that the Holy Ghost lives inside of you today. Right here, right now, today. There's a, there is a prophecy we wanted to end with today, and I believe it's startling to think about the prophecy that was written in 1986. Mm-hmm. This is a quote by David Wilkerson. I see a plague coming on the world, and the bars, churches, and government will shut down. Pretty amazing. 1986. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it's never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And repentance will be the cry from the man of God and the woman of God in the pulpit. And out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. So as we close today, I'm praying that you would see and hear the assurance of Jesus as your foundation, your firm foundation, the rock upon which you stand. And I pray that you would be able to translate that and understand today that that one decision can change everything. That you can be sure of what's hoped for. You can be absolutely assured Mm -hmm. that Jesus paid the price for you, that he came to the earth, he lived, he died, and he was resurrected, right? Yes. He was resurrected on our behalf and that that work is now yours. I don't have to work for my salvation. I don't have to be religious enough. I don't have to be good enough. I don't have to compare myself to my neighbor. I absolutely have assurance of my hope in Jesus. And then I would be certain that when I call out to God, Romans 10, 9 and 10, when I say, I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. That is the trigger that takes place. And there is an interaction from heaven to earth. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of me. Now I have a counselor. Now I have a new hope. Now I have assurance and certainty in an uncertain day, in an uncertain time. And I live with that certainty from now on. And when I do, and when we do, everything changes from that moment on. Whatever your circumstance and your situation, you can wake up today. You can awaken today. You can wake up tomorrow and you can have clarity like you've never had before. You can have vision like you've never had before. You can have certainty about what is right. We, I need you to know that God won't give you everything in the future. He's a, a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. He says, I'm going to give you one step at a time. But today... You can have that first step. And you can say, Jesus is Lord today. Mm-hmm. Would you join us in praying and, and say today that Christ is Lord? And here's what the prayer says. There's a summary of Romans 10, 9, and 10. And if you would, you can just, if you would like to, you can just bow your head with us wherever you are. And we just repeat these words together. We say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Today's the day I surrender. Today's the day I surrender. I fully give you my life. I fully give you my life. Today's not good, but it's a good day for me. 
Because I'm choosing Jesus. Because I'm choosing Jesus. As my Savior. As my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Ah, praise God. Can we celebrate? Yes, yes, yes. Wherever you are, can you celebrate? (laughs) Yes. If you have a friend that's there with you, the multitude in heaven is crying out your name. There's literally, the Bible says there's a party that's going on in heaven right now. That's right. There's a party. There's a, there's a breakout shout in heaven and they're shouting your name. Yeah. You couldn't do anything more impactful to anchor your body and your soul, your mind, your spirit. And your future, your eternal future. For the rest of your life on earth and in eternity. That's right. So if you made that decision and if you prayed that prayer today, will you please take a moment and there's a number at the bottom of your screen and you can text just the word Jesus. Just one word, Jesus, to the number on your screen. God bless you. It's been a delight to be with you. It's been yes. a privilege and an honor so to get to teach with Tamara. We will see you next week. We will uh, we'll be on Facebook Live, and we're going to be doing something a little bit new. We're going to be baptizing, uh, showing you how to baptize. We're going to go to a friend's pool, and I want you to know that you're the priest of the believer. Right. And that in Jesus Christ, that you have the authority to baptize, to take the Lord's Supper. We're going to show you exactly how to do it Tuesday at 11. Join us. God bless you, because together we are, we are crossing. crossing.